How are you doing, Chinemaji family? This week, we host a true veteran of the Silicon Savannah tech scene. Ngigi Waivaka joins us on the podcast to share amazing stories of his journey as a bona fide geek who loves tech. His story charts an amazing course from his days doing the Twigger Foods thing, but with just one truck, moving produce from farmers to Nairobi. And as an early adopter, building a one-of-a-kind boutique, boutique software development business on top of Linux, which was brand new when he started out, to developing the first cyber cafe management platform, building robust applications for large organizations, including the Department of Defense, and his current project where he's looking to make data work better for Africa, utilizing AI and machine learning called Kionjo. You should check it out. If there was ever an OG in Silicon Savannah, Gigi Waivaka is that and then some. This is a long podcast, friends. There was so much to cover and we barely scratched the surface. Guys like Gigi are why I believe Silicon Savannah has a surprise or three for those who may discount Africa's potential to do great things. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is the Chini Imagine Podcast brought to you by Impact Africa Network. Um, this week, I am so excited about our guest. Um, this guy is, in my view, um, how would I even describe it, man? A total gem for the Silicon Savannah ecosystem, long-standing tech head, um, somebody who is probably one of, uh, from, as far as I'm concerned, someone one of the best developers that, that I have come across, right? Um, and so without further ado, I'll just introduce him, Mr. Ngigi Waidaka, who yes. is the CEO of multiple projects. So yes. I don't even know which one to say, but I'll let you kind of introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, I can just speak with two. Uh, Alliance Technologies, which is uh, been our consulting firm for the last about um, 15 years, thereabouts. And Kionjo, which is probably our future as well. Yeah. So those two, I think, will be, will be good enough for now. Good enough for now. Great. So <clears throat> Alliance Technologies, I guess, is your consulting firm, as you said, software <coughs> development, consulting shop. And right. um, you've been running that for how many years now? Um, actually, it's, sorry, I think it's actually 19 years because we started off around the year 2000. So 2000, 2019 is about 19 years. Okay. Yes, so we've done that for about 19 years. Awesome. Yeah. Well, here's how we typically structure the podcast. This, this is about people's kind of stories and how their trajectory to, uh, to get to where they are and their experiences right. and, and their perceptions of our, our market. <clears throat> what we try and do here is kind of uh, define for people what reality is really like yeah. in terms of the uh, audience out there, mostly of young technologists and startup enthusiasts and just 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 our ecosystem. <coughs> there. And there's no better way for people to actually uh, get to tap into that experience other than people's stories, right? So yeah. um, I guess first thing here is just tell us about your background, where you went to school, high school, uh, and then how you matriculated into uh, entrepreneurship, right? right? right. Uh, and then, and then that journey and your experiences. So that's kind of like, okay. it's, it's all yours. Cool. Um, so we start off with high school. High school. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about high, high school. school is, high school is fine. Um, I went to Alliance High School. Mm -hmm. um, way back, way back. Um, and I think that's where I, I'd actually done a bit of computing before. Mm -hmm. Although we're talking about, I actually started doing my computing um, at home in the. Uh, to the late 80s, yeah, Lord Manhart, access to Commodore. What, what was what, what was I the system? I can't remember what it was, but mm -hmm. it was running on DOS, yeah, okay. that I remember, right? So, the DOS and a bit of basic, mm -hmm. but of course, you, you you play around with it a bit, but um, you 
you really don't you can't do much because there's no material but you you, you play around with it right but when i went to sort of high school i went to Alliance high school okay. and uh, incidentally that is about the same time this is the early 90s now that uh, I think computers started picking up because we got, I remember, a donation of about, I think, five computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, they were not even being used because there's no structures around who would teach mm-hmm. uh, these computers and that kind of stuff. <laughs> so what we did is that um, having this very keen interest in computers, I approached, I think, the deputy, uh, deputy principal. Um, and I say that I have a very keen interest in computers. I have an idea of how to use these things. Um, mm-hmm. And what we came up with was that I think the best thing for us to do is to form a club. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I actually founded the computer club at Alliance High School. Yes. Go on with your bad self. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you know, Starry, so, we also had a computer club, but it was... Yeah, you guys had one earlier. Yeah, I guys didn't have any. Yeah. So yes, we'd hear stories from Starry here that you guys have a computer or something. So I think... I, Kind of unofficially, that kind of model came up. We I said, see. Probably the only thing we can do, let's make it as a club because... Right. Let's model the star hair thing, yeah? Yes. Okay. Without knowing exactly how US was working <clears> out. <throat> right. But I think we had heard that UGS had something to do with computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, computers are not a curriculum course. Right. So it, it can't be an academic academic course. Mm-hmm. And um, so we started up one. And then I actually do remember that uh, he also suggested that since he was an aviation guy, he was ex-Air Force, that why don't you also combine computer and aviation? I was like, fine, let's call it Computer Innovation Club. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we started it. So basically, so, dude, you, you basically, you know, your story reminds me of uh, Bill Gates' story because right. these guys used to do coding at home yes. or they would jump fences yes. to go into like yeah. these, I guess, institutions where you could have access to shared services yes. on computers. Yes. So you have that story. Like, because a lot of people don't have that story. It's where very they similar because they're not computers anywhere. Right, right. right. And um, I do remember even the one I think my old man had was actually, I think, a donation from some someone from the UK. Right. And so it went into Saturday's office. He wasn't using it. Uh, I could put it on, it comes on, and you know, I play around with it. And I was really interested in how this thing works out. But again, you see, there's no... Late 80s, there's no internet, so there's no way you're gonna download books. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to f- try to figure out how this DOS thing works out. That is a skeleton that yeah, starts yeah. So you now fast forward to a couple of years down the road, high school again. Same thing. So computers have been donated, and those are the days computers even used to have covers. Yeah, they used to have covers. Yeah, it's not something that is on all the time. <laughs> Since, I mean, I, I do remember, I think. Between the time they were donated to the time we actually started using them, it's probably like months, and no one was using them. Wow. Okay. Because Why? there's no infrastructure. Who's gonna teach you? No one knows okay. anything about computers. Right. In the school. So interesting. So we kind of just have now. Once we formed this club, so mm. we also got incidentally now, all of a sudden, of course, you find that people who have interest in, in in, in computers within mm. the same school, mm-hmm. and the guys joined the club. I think it actually became one of the most popular, popular clubs. So we started uh, again teaching ourselves. Um, to, to the point where we try to get books and stuff. Um, and then um, started doing things like, I do remember by the time I think I was finishing my fourth form, I was helping the, the, the teacher who's in charge of our timetabling to, to do the timetable with the computers. Mm-hmm. So, so you wrote an application for that? Yeah, we started, yeah, we started writing a bit of basic. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, I can't remember exactly how we got the materials, but... So what this terminal... Type kind of a it what was, was it? it was still DOS, yes. Okay. It was still right. DOS. Yeah. Or at most 
3.1, Windows 3.1, but I think it was more, it was DOS. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It was 90, so it was 92. Yeah. Because Windows 95 came out 95. 95. So it was a big Windows, deal. No, that was a huge deal. Yeah. So it was either Windows 3.1 or DOS. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that was high school. Um, so I left high school. Um, I'd actually been uh, admitted to <laughs> then to Strathmore College. Mm. to do a certain course that was a bit po quite popular back then called mm. IDPM. Okay, what was that about? IDPM was, I think it was like a diploma course in, uh, what is it, International Diploma Management in, I can't remember what it was, but okay. it, was, it was like, you, you, you finish campus, you're either doing accounting, CPAs, or you're doing IDPM. Okay. So, but I don't think I even lasted a week. What's up with that? It was too serious. I mean, um, I do remember we, I was doing I was doing accounts at school. Okay, you're doing accounts. Accounts, yes. Yeah. I took it as an option, yeah. and we were one of the last guys to do exams. That was '93, mm. mm. and um, so we graduated the same year. Actually, I was a '93 guy also in high school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, so I do remember. I think I finished November thirtieth, mm -hmm. and then I think we had this. I think we even had a scholarship from Stratmore because they used to come to look for us guys based on our mock results. Okay. And we were asked to report on the seventh. Of what? January. Wow, no gas. So what, what I didn't know is okay. that it was going to be a full-time course. I thought probably would be going there would be a couple, one, two hours. You know, that, that's fine. Yeah. To turn out that coming on the 7th and then all of a sudden you've been told, you know what, this is actually a full-time course. You just finished 844. You just finished your 844. All these exams, you know how it was full works back then. And all of a sudden now you're supposed to go and, 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 and do nah. yet. Uh, that wasn't clicking for me. <coughs> So, so I said, you know what, I can either do evening courses, mm -hmm. unfortunately also this full because picked up by guys who work. Yeah, working. So, so then what you have to do then, just wait then over the next intake in July. Okay. Um, you can come in for evening courses. Right. I said, fine, that's no problem. Yeah. I mean, July is just six months down the road, right. so, um, why sure. Okay. Um, now, it, <laughs> something interesting happened um, because um, at about the same time, uh, I, Got into business and what to do back then i think it, it, you'd call it the modern day um twigger foods okay <laughs> yes. modern day twigger foods. because um what happened is that my old man um had um, still has farms he does a lot of farming for mm -hmm. horticulture mm -hmm. grains and stuff like that mm -hmm. so uh, he would uh would how he started is that, um, first of all, he'd have places that he's supplying this sort of cultural products, grains, schoolmas, cabbages, and whatnot. To, to where would he be supplying? Like, no, institutions. Okay. Schools, colleges, Schools, colleges. That kind of stuff. Okay. So, what would happen is that they can give you a tender, or you're probably supposed to supply them over a period of a whole year. Right. Now, the problem comes in is that you may not be able to have those products all the time. Mm -hmm. So, at some point, you have to source them. Right. So, I started now doing the sourcing. Okay. Aggregating produce. Yeah, from so that now we can take over maybe over a whole year. Right. Linked up with my some uh, uncles of mine, probably almost age mates. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also started getting the same products from uh, now the place like Nyeri. Okay. That's where we're sourcing them mm -hmm. on top of from our farm. Mm -hmm. And we'll be them over to Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And now sell them on a wholesale level based on the orders that we're getting. Okay. So we'll go around getting orders, 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 orders. How many do you want? I want 100 of these, I want 100 of that, da, 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 da. Then we'll go with the truck. Uh, of course, we just call 
the guys on the other side. Did we used to call them? Yeah, we used to, yeah, we used to use one, what do you call them? The, um, this boots. Phone boots. Phone boots, <laughs> yes, because you, there was no mobile phones, right? <laughs> so you call a mobile booth in Yeri, you say, look for a guy, tell him to call back this number, and you have to go there and wait. <laughs> so tell him, okay, so we have, we're coming for the following orders tomorrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> the day after. So they go looking for them. So when you come in, these things are fresh, you don't have refrigeration or whatnot. Uh-huh. So you just go pick them up, and then come dropping your, your orders. So it's wow. actually a very similar model, yeah, it's, only that there's no technology to to um to do what to we weren't using technology to tie it together yeah to tie the whole thing together mm. and the capital to actually build the infrastructure you get yes a yes kind so, of bootstrapped scenario here yeah where do you get the truck the old one not your actually kind of funded the entire operation okay yeah. so you had some a bit of uh, their own pickup so angel angel investment from that was angel investment exactly uh-huh. uh african style so <laughs> so um so I get started up on this. Did I ever remember even Julia was supposed to join Stockmobile? <laughs> <laughs> so you were that busy? Man, I mean, I did that for two years up until I joined campus. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the Stockmobile thingy was. I mean, that was done, 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 done. I just showed up in campus. And I think I could even afford to find myself a bit in campus because I was, I was living by myself. Yeah. I could afford my own life. I'm yeah. doing business, I'm making yeah. money. So did you continue the business of the joining campus? No, that was the problem because we couldn't, yes, we continued with it, but it doesn't do that well. Because now, I mean, once you're in campus, the guys know we left behind. Uh, it was myself and my um, uncle of mine, who's just, he's an uncle of mine, but he's just like three years older than me. So mm-hmm. yeah. And with the same campus, mm-hmm. one that was a bit ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So... Which campus was this? Uh, JQ Watt. Okay, yeah, JQ Watt. Okay. Yeah, what, um, the and technology. Mm-hmm. So, um... So once you join campus, okay, to be honest with you, we're not doing, you know, I think the approach is, is very different, right? Mm. We weren't doing this business. I was doing this business one first and foremost to take off the produce that was coming from our farms. Okay. So you're just trying to, to also off, put offload surplus Yes, produce. to also get money for myself for right. using. Right, right. It wasn't a business business. It was like a well, hard... It was business, yes, but it's not a business that was think, thinking and sitting back and saying, let's make this into a multi-million shilling. No. No. Yeah. It, was a, it was sorting my bills. I was very happy. It was sorting my old man. So, so when you joined campus, um, that... So the, the, the drivers continued with it, but at some point, uh, it kind of died down. Because yeah. It didn't have someone to... Oversight, drive it, manage it. Yes, 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 yes. You know the kind of stuff you're doing because now we caught up in college. Right. Doing I was doing engineering, electric, right. electrical electronics. Mm. So um, yeah. So. But in this time, what what happened to your computer love affair? What happened? So my computer love affair, I would just um, do it once in a while. Okay. Um, but I wasn't very. I, I think I can easily switch off if, if, if I needed to switch off. Mm. But it wasn't really prime now. Mm. I found something that was very interesting. Mm. Because I think it was teaching me quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. What are some of the things you learned from that experience? Right I think um, how to set up a business. Okay. How to look for customers. Mm-hmm. How to make contracts with customers. Unwritten contracts. You know. Unwritten. Of course unwritten. Right? I mean I'm delivering for you a hundred uh, pieces of cabbage tomorrow. Right? So that's my order, that's your order. Shake hands on it, boom, it comes, boom. <laughs> if I come and find someone else has dropped, just before I showed up, we're going to have a little problem. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, did it ever happen? Oh, of course. 
many times, man. Are you serious? It happens, yes. You know, sometimes, and I don't blame these guys, because sometimes you might go get late. Uh, this guy doesn't know. You, 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 you can't, you know, it's, it's so easy now to, to think that you can call someone and tell someone I'm on the way. Right. So just give me an extra two hours. Right. So this guy said he'd probably come on a Wednesday, and Wednesday, you are not there. <laughs> doesn't know where you are. And the phone booth is not, it's not part of the You don't know phone booth they can call you on? Man? Different world. People actually wonder, uh, talk about guys our age, how did we used to date? Actually, how did we used to date? Because, because you could actually tell someone, we meet on Friday next week. And you meet on Friday? And you meet. She has no phone number, you have no phone number. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> what does this do for integrity or... Does it, does it, does it affect how people relate to being keeping their word? Do you think I think so. I think so. Because that's how things used to get done, man. I mean, I, I could meet with you today and we agreed that we're meeting next week on a certain date. Imagine. Somewhere in town. Can you cinema? And three o'clock, boom. We'll, be there. <laughs> we'll not correspond over the week. No, no, no. And people never used to come and say, oh, something just came up. such a different world. Like, even yeah. when I try to... When I try about it. It is... I don't know. Somebody should do some kind of... A, Evaluation in terms of how it affects how human beings in that yeah. time and this time how they're yes. different. Yes. In when they say something, yes. Do they really mean it? Yeah. yeah. Or do they have to confirm? Like. Yeah, because you did say that now uh, people are more um, that we keep more time now because now we have communication cards. It's probably not because business is so hard. Of course, it's a lot easier to do now. Mm. But um, we seem to just find out ways to do business. Yeah, make yeah, it happen. Somehow. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Use what's available. Right? Yeah, yeah. You go, you go to school. You tell your parents half time is going to be three months. I mean, uh, two months from now on right. this date. Right. And you probably might not talk in between. And trust you me, that day they'll come and they'll pick you. They'll be there. They'll be there. Yeah. Uh, today you probably need to keep on telling someone. Please remember next week. It's when I'm finishing. I mean, we'll be closing school, so <laughs> you sent a reminder about the school. Please come and pick your Emails son. Emails and stuff. Emails and stuff. Please come and pick up your son. I think it's just yeah, inundated with data and information, right? So yes. the, the channels it's, it's, are caught. It's a completely different template. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, those are some of the things that I learned. And, and then I think also the other thing is that um, I think at that time I also learned I can do anything. Interesting. Anything. So it, it showed you anything. your capabilities yes. are unlimited in a sense. Yes, you can do. You, you can actually do anything that you put your mind to do, because I mean, here I'm a guy who is past pretty well in high school, um, going to do my engineering course, and what am I doing? I'm doing my book of business. Uh, you've probably come and find me in overalls and uh, dropping them in sleeve. We're not talking about uptown places, yeah. sleeves. I mean, that's what the people. That's what the market is with. Really. Yeah, Karaoke. Karaoke's, the Mojas, uh-huh. uh, Dandora, the, right? Where um, the real people live. That's what the, yeah, that's what the real people live. <laughs> we drop some in Kilalesha, but... Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not too many people. So, yeah. So, and you, you, you learn how to... to um, adjust to the conditions. Adjust to the conditions. How to live with the people uh, in, um, not in an unmanaged environment because no one is really managing you. Um, you can go and strike deals with people and say, I'll do this, do that, you know, and, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think if you ask me today that um, I think if people can actually get a chance to do that, actually after high, finishing high school, mm-hmm. that break period before you join, you join campus, mm-hmm. you probably never have another chance in your life to do something that you will never do again in your life. Mm-hmm. Because once you finish campus, you actually expect to be looking for a job. Right. 
So if you finish your high school today and then in the next two years before you join campus, you still do education, formal education, when will you ever learn the real practical world? skills? Yes, yeah, right. real practical skills. Or what your capabilities are. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, you've, yes. You've got to press yourself against reality to see, okay, how do you respond to situations? What yes. can you learn? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a very important, um, it would be a very important period for someone to, to do something probably you're not going to look at. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, as they say, if maybe we knew now what, if we knew about trigger foods, maybe we would have maybe. treated one back then. Right. But I, I really like the, 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 what they're doing now. Right. Because they're actually doing what, um, in essence, we're trying to do right. by knowing it. Right. But of course, now we're at a very much professional level and much bigger, right. <coughs> much bigger scale. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, and then, so now campus, Jukwat, four years, finish it. So what was that like? Was it back Campus to computers? Was interesting. Uh-huh. First of all, it was five years. Five years, okay. Five years, engineering mm-hmm. courses. <laughs> now, um, so instead of campus, um, again, what do I do when I get into campus? Set up another computer club. Oh, you set up another computer club? Now back so to the... Campus, again, those computers were like, this is campus. And, and don't forget, JQuad was supposed to be the leading. It was actually the leading, I think, technical campus in, in the country. The leading technical campus in and the country. I will tell you, um, even by the time I was in my third year, computers used to be use of computer classes, and the only access you have to a computer would be only when you have your computer classes. Only when you have computer classes. Yes. And uh, you, and for instance, in engineering, a computer class is a, is, is not a major, so you probably find um, maybe you've been taught the language C. Right. Um. So, in a week, you probably have one or two hours. To see a terminal. To see a computer. Wait, one or two hours, there's only time that you will learn theory and the practical of a computer. Oh, okay. So, so yes, I, so I set up like that. Um, then, by the time I got to my third year, I was a bit disenchanted with my engineering, how it was going. Mm-hmm. Because I was, not, I was feeling there's something missing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, let me tell you what, before I joined engineering, I had to make a choice. Did I want to do computer science? Or do that engineering. Mm. Um, at, the t- at that time, Jake had a computer science. No, Jake didn't have. But mm. yeah, I mean, I could have gone to main campus. Okay. Main campus had computer science. It was only guys. I mean, the only university that had computer science. So, um, I reckon that if I learned engineering, I, you know, computers always do computers regardless. Right. So it doesn't have to be a major or anything. It doesn't have to be a major. Yeah, yeah. But of course, when you you do go for engineering, Jake becomes a major. Right. So so it went pretty well. I think when I go to my third years, like now, this stuff is one. It's not, and then I went for my my first. Um, we used to call them more attachments. Job attachments. Yes, we used to have every. Back then, you'd be surprised. Jake was pretty organized. Okay. I'll tell you, mm-hmm. um, it used to actually work almost like a high school, because mm-hmm. come December, no November, the entire campus would close up until April. Wow. Completely close. Mm-hmm. No other classes, no, 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 nothing. Mm-hmm. And so between the time of in December and April, you're supposed to be, from I think your second year or third year thereabouts, you're supposed to go for industrial attachment. Okay. So you attach yourself to an industry. Right. So I did go for my first one. My first one actually went to <coughs> Coastal Bottlers. Coast, coastal? Coastal Bottlers. Coastal Bottlers, they bot- it's like Coca-Cola. Right. They guys with bottle Coca-Cola in Mombasa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coastal Bottlers, Nairobi guys have got Nairobi Bottlers. Okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a bottling plant mm-hmm. because I'm doing electrical electronics. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's where I had my first taste of practical 
electrical electronics engineering. Mm. I it did not gel with me mm. because one of the things that I quickly realized is that engineering, especially electrical and electronics in this market, mm. is very limited to mostly maintenance work. Maintenance, got it. So you're basically like yeah. a and uh, in campus, you not talk maintenance, right? Because at a BSc level, you likely being taught design. Okay. So as an example, I'll teach you how to design a mortar that giving me your specifications, I can design a mortar, I can tell you how many coils I will wind, you know, that right. kind of stuff, how much horsepower, mm. torque it will have. Right. But I will not teach you how, if you found a mortar that has broken, how do you fix it? Right. Mechanic. <laughs> it's actually technical level. It, it's, it's supposed to be, I think, a, a, a level Lower, lower, right? I would not call it, it's not really lower, but it's lower, like mm. when you get in technical colleges and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Those would be the most applicable institutes for a local market. Got it, got right? it. So there's a misalignment between what's taught, yes, and the and, practical but, and what you find in the market, right? Yeah, wow. I'm taught how to design, make a create. design a microprocessor, mm. but there's no, but there's no where in Kenya you'd be designing. A microprocessor. That's so insane, dude. That's wow. yeah. That's it's actually a very big disconnect between what academics is and what practices. You know what? I was at, we had uh, Louis Majanja here uh, on the podcast yes. last week. Yes, uh, he's at Emsurvey, and he there was this insight where because he actually uh, lived in New Mexico for for a while, Albuquerque, and that part of the world. Yes. Basically, the way the state organizes itself, yeah. large, largely, is that the educational institutions around in an area are actually downstream to the industry that exists in that. So there's a significant right. alignment from yes. that standpoint. Yes. And, and, so, and so he was in this part of the world where the schools that, he, that were around mm. that part of the world, there yeah. were microprocess, microchip manufacturing kind yes. of yes. fabs and all that kind of stuff. And that's what he learned in school. Right. But here we are saying it's, it's as if we take a cut and paste model. We yeah. see what's happening. Let me tell you what. It, the, the misalignment actually happens in certain courses. It's not across the board. Okay. I'll give you an example. A civil engineer, an architect, might not have the same problem. Right. Because if you're a an architect, you're running architecture, you're likely to build or right. design a 20-story building here. Right. right. Because there's an industry that constructs buildings in here, the local market. Locally, right. Buildings are civil, mm. I mean, we're doing our... SGRs, we're doing we're building roads in this market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you actually have need for that skill, or let me call it a market for that skill in this market. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to technology, it's a very big issue because it's like we import every technology that we have. Mm-hmm. So if you're learning, uh, for instance, you have, you can you have your cameras major. here, you have your mm-hmm. camera sensors. Mm-hmm. So I'll learn how to how the dials work and how to design them so I can get color. You know, good color. Mm. How we interpret the image into from the, the analog to the digital part the image, so it can be stored. Good. So you learn that as an electronics engineer, but where do you practice that? You there's go to there's no Nikon, Canon, Sony in the local market. Right. So I actually started realizing this a bit early. Okay. And I saw here there's a problem. There's a problem here. There's a problem because I I I I, I would want to learn all this stuff and and not um, be able to apply it. Eh? Not apply it. So. I went home and um, from my third year, hmm. I talked to my folks and told them I think I have a problem and I think I need to take my software a bit seriously. Because mm-hmm. that's a big significant insight and a yes. significant gumption, if you will, right? Yes. Yes. And I think maybe this comes from your experience with the 
aggregation farming yeah, yeah. It's, supply chain I, I, I need to do things that are practical that right. I will then translate directly into this market uh, not just sense. for the sake of it um, so luckily my mom um, she offered to buy me a computer nice a lot of money then mm. um, so my very supportive parents that's yes, again unusual yes, for yes yes middle class my mom she's a teacher but she could afford to buy me a computer uh-huh. so she actually bought me a computer and um, I think that's when I made my big decision this is yeah. what I, I want to do yes because two things happened so I got my first computer so I'm having this computer on campus my own so I don't have to be going to the lab nice all the time two hours, no, I can have 24 hours access. Two, um, I started, it's interesting to think that I had never heard of open source software. Right. So, this is what year now, 90? No, I mean, campus, so we're talking about 97, 97 thereabouts, because I'm to campus 95. Okay. Um, 97. Mm. So 97, um, two things happened. I think that's when um, Linux came out. Mm-hmm. I always used to hear about Unix, of course, mm-hmm. even in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Unix, mainframe, da 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 I always wanted to work with Unix, but I never had a chance to work with, mm-hmm. with Unix anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I remember, <laughs> so I get my computer, um, at the same time, I used to buy this magazine, and this would be called, you spent so much money on it, PC World. PC, PC World, yes. yeah. PC World, PC, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this was the CDs. Uh-huh. That, you know, the magazine itself on the top of it will have a couple of CDs, free software, da da da. Yeah. So this one time I have my my PC world, and what does it have? It has Red Hat Linux. All right. As on the on the cover. On the cover. As a giveaway. CD, as a giveaway free. Mm. Linux. What is Linux? Don't forget, we have no internet. It's still '97, and in campus we don't have internet. Um, the only, of course, we heard about internet, but I had. Um, Again, during my gap year, I, I stayed with a friend, a family friend of ours. He was Canadian. Okay. For, I used to stay with him on and off, maybe a month. In Canada? No, no here, here in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So he had internet in the house. Okay. Right? So he, he showed me a couple of things. So I could, I remember there used to be um, um, floppies like, I think maybe 10, to load up Netscape. <laughs> Yeah. 10 floppies to hold an OS. That's so amazing. First of all, you developed your ISP, that used to be called Formnet Africa. I think it was the first ISP in Kenya. And then uh, you load up your Netscape on four floppies because it can't be held, held in, a, in a hard disk. So wow. I had, uh, I, I knew about the internet. But man, those are like, he was, he was, a, he was a white guy from Canada, man. Yeah. He had all these things figured out. So, but in campus, there's nothing like that. So check, so check that out. There's symmetry yeah. between those two realities, right? Yes. I mean, he had access to the. The thing that will define the next yeah, yeah. 50 years. He had, he had a laptop back then. I remember he had a desktop back then. In fact, I think he's the guy who who actually made... After I had that interaction with him, that's when I went... No, in my, in my third year, that's when I went back to my parents and said, you know what, I actually need to have my own computer. Because you are convinced. Yes. And that's the only way I can do whatever it is I have in I want to learn software wow. properly. Wow. So, anyway, so we go back to the Red Hat Linux story. So... Uh, so I load up this Red Hat Linux, boom, on my PC. First of all, I wiped everything out. You wiped everything out? Everything. There's nothing like... <laughs> what was on there? Was there Windows? Was, there was nothing like geo-booting. I got my, my PC that had Windows, Windows NT. Oof. Remember Windows NT? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Windows NT. <laughs> so, so I load up my Linux. 
Then I remember the beautiful thing boots and it comes onto the terminal. Mm-hmm. Do I know anything to do? What to do next? <laughs> Great way to discover. <laughs> PC world again. So these have little tutorials in mm. this PC world. Mm. And then, um, so at least I got started off. I managed to get the graphical user interface working. Okay. Then this week, very different. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, um, and then in short order, what I did is that our common friend, mm. Sami, 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 Sami. Sami. Bunyasi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sami is also yeah. another kid yeah. like me. Yeah. Um, you should also interview him, by the way. He he was at USAU. Okay. I think he was doing administration. Right. So what had happened is that he had access to the internet at USAU, okay. which, which as guests didn't have in Jericho. Right. So what I should do is that any free time that I have, especially let's say on Fridays, before you come over, I tell him let's meet up there. Or come with his software, download his software. So that we can play around with it over the weekend. So cool. Yeah. So I so I started my, my journey on, on Linux. Mm-hmm. And um, man, that completely changed my outlook. Because a couple of things happened. One, the fact that it was open source. Mm-hmm. What I did is that I started not doubling even with the source code of this Linux itself and whatnot. Because, but then you even had to because at least you have to compile your kernels and that kind of stuff. Right. So and I remember, in class, at the body of third year of electronics, you're doing something called microprocessors. Right. Uh, then we used something called a Z80. Z80? Z80. Uh-huh. That is what used to be taught with. Right. A Z80 would be a processor that was done probably in the 80s. Oh, wow. Late 70s, 80s. Right. Very basic processor. I think it used to run at 5 megahertz. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what? 100 kilobytes of memory. Mm. It was good enough for teaching. So that's all we knew micro, microprocessors were. Could, and could be. <laughs> and could be. Now, mm. you, you download your Linux, and then you see, of course, this Linux is running on your, mine was, I think, a Pentium. Uh-huh. This is the first time the Pentiums had come out. Yeah. Remember, there's a Pentium Pro, I think, 233 megahertz. Top, top of, the, of the line. Top of the line. 233 megahertz. Anyway, so I think what I realized, so when I started looking at the source code, that's when I realized, man, the gap we have between what we're doing here uh-huh. and what other universities are doing there. It's like... Chasm. Ah, it's huge. Big. Because so that, that, how, how, you find Linux, mm. a lot of it is done off. For instance, the guy who did Linux is how Linux Tobas. Tobas yeah. mm. was, was doing his master's in computer science at a university, I think Helsinki or something of a sort. Mm. Right? Right. But even in the Linux itself, you'll find a lot of students. I mean, the contributors, the, the guys who are pushing the code are right. me, you, in the US. Right. But there's no way we, what we've reached, can be able to do what these guys are doing. Yeah? Every, you look at the headers, University of Berkeley contributors, MIT there. You know, as I was saying, I think, I think even in the US, you find the contributors to most of the solid software. I think you probably find them in about most maybe 20 universities. Right. There's a concentration of universities that are contributing maybe 80% of technology mm. in most of these products. Mm. Mm. Man, that was a game changer. Mm. That's when I realized, man, we are behind. And I have to do something about this. So, dude, okay, so, so yes. I can't wait. So what happened? So what did you do? <laughs> so what happened is, no, I said, you know what, I'm going to have to spend time on software. I have a lot to catch up. Mm-hmm. So it's now seriously started working on my software. 
seriously as in now I'm learning mm. you know teaching myself teaching myself teaching myself that all this and that and then at about the same time if you remember 97 something also very significant happened Java 1.0 came out ah yeah uh-huh. came out simply over time uh-huh. so it was sun was it sun it, it was yeah sun microsystems then yeah. so again me and my friend Sami goes and downloads Java in USA we load it up my computer over the weekend we can't even run the the thing what you don't know how to run it <laughs> so it's like let's wait for monday so that i go back so that i can come with some tutorials now and you see how to figure this thing out where would you get the tutorials of course the internet okay we would download these things oh i see okay. right but okay. the internet was man few places super slow yeah. no cyber cafes that kind of stuff yeah. after long is just starting right so um so that's why i started uh, doing my development i did a lot of my development in java Mm-hmm. a lot from I think the problem what were you developing at this time what were you, what were you what I would do I just pick up on something um, I'll give you an example um, let's pick up on for instance in Java just pick up on something academic like let me find out can I do my own database cool right mm-hmm. so it's not even something commercial right something at that level you're just challenging yourself yeah can I do my own database not I have a database I store my stuff on can I store my own records and like, I'm, I'm creating my own from zero right you know, like what I'm done there's Postgres, MySQL. Can I create? Can I have my own little thing where I can actually create? I understand how these things you can actually create them from the basic. Right. You want to go? You do want to? I've always wanted to go deep. Yes, I love it. Um, and then the other thing that I, we that I also was introduced to about the same time uh, would be one was I think best written environments that I've ever come across. Best what? Written environments. Okay. Development environments. Mm-hmm. Delphi. Okay. From Boland. Mm-hmm. Boland then was the king of software. Boland, uh, Boland was it was it more consumer or no, no, the software enterprise? Boland, right? Boland, Boland back then uh, on the in the on the Windows world, mm-hmm. um, the key guys in terms of development would have been Microsoft, Microsoft used to have something called Visual C plus plus and mm-hmm. Visual, Visual Basic. Yeah, yeah, Visual Basic is what was very popular in this market. Right, right. Um, Boland had something called Turbo Pascal. Oh, I remember that name. Yeah. yeah. 90s yeah then it became graphical we called it delphi okay what happened to that thing um it's a very interesting story because what happened is that microsoft pushed everyone from boland the top guys from boland they basically got the company he went to be the cto of microsoft ah. in fact even now he's the one who led that he's on mid.net in fact he modeled .net of what he had done at boland so was it an acquisition or got it no no it's not an acquisition he pushed it was actually a very big battle Well, they were actually, I think Microsoft got sued by Poland for quite a bit. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, intellectual property, that kind of stuff. Gates was an aggressive guy. Uh, Gates was harsh, man. <laughs> he's not a nice guy. Let <laughs> me tell you the truth, man. Like, he's, I think, uh, I think this other guy, what's his name? Zuckerberg is built in the same mold, right? These, yeah, these, yeah. These, these geeks who are kind of... Vicious. Empathy, empathy is not their thing, dude. No. You know, they're trying to, no. yeah, anyway. No. So uh, Boland was beautiful, man. I mean, Delphi was beautiful. And Boland used to make, it was a little farm. And let me tell you what. And Where were they out of? Do you remember? Sorry? Where were they based? Europe. I think it's Palo Alto, US. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the the guy who made Tabo Pascal, again, this guy, uh, it's called Anders Jusberg. Mm-hmm. He's originally from, uh, he's from, I think, Denmark. Okay. He used to do it. He actually, it's a very interesting story. Maybe just probably even check up on him because... And those are some of the stories actually that some of the guys who watched me inspired me. Those are the people who yes. were like, these guys are the people who used to inspire me was not even so much so the business people 
It was the nerds. The real, the, the real geeks, people. The geeks, man. The nerds. <laughs> the guys are doing the things I'd love to do. Right. Um, because like this guy, Bullard had started up in the US. So they had their own little products. Mm. Pascal, even before it became Turbo. Mm. And there's this guy from Denmark mm. who makes some of one of the best, fastest compilers ever. Yeah? Mm-hmm. One guy. Mm. And then he sends his software to Bullard. All of a sudden, the little thing that he has sent is faster than the entirety of what this company has been doing. So they make him work offline for a while and then they grab him to come over to to uh, towards to 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 Poland, yes, mm. US mm. to now continue with this Turbo Pascal. Mm. And Turbo Pascal came and started beating Microsoft at its own game. Because you'd think Windows, the best environment for you to develop in Windows would be Microsoft own right. tools. Right. But Bullard actually said, you know what, you can have your Windows, but we actually, actually have better tools to develop in, on Windows than you do. And these guys actually give Microsoft a run for their money. But what was Big the time. business model? Did you they would sell software. So you buy Turbo Pascal at a certain great price. Then yeah. Delphi, you saw right. something else called C++ Builder. But this, was a, this must have been a niche market because you have to be someone like you who's into Yeah, but see, the market is actually a big market because the market was actually a development market. Development market, development market is, is massive. It's, yeah. it's massive. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. So later on is what happened is that so um so this is actually I mean there was no comparison between Richard Basic and Delphi because Delphi was, if you ask me, we are behind. Way ahead, yeah. And um but what Gates did is of course he wanted to push all these guys to Microsoft. Microsoft had the money. So this guy's actually made something called Visual J Plus. J Sharp, mm. which mm. was banned. Or rather, it was sued by some big time because it was like Java, only but only for Windows. Got a big scandal. The time Microsoft was about to be, to be broken up. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, but I like that under um, suggests that once Microsoft was banned from doing Visual J Sharp, that's when he went to design.net. Okay. So he's the one who's been design.net to today. To today, wow. Yes, wow. and he's done a brilliant job. So, I mean, when you look at yeah. that era, right, like, yeah. uh, what are the lessons you can take from, from that, <coughs> right? Because at the end of the day, it was, it's almost like a winner-take-all market in some of these in things. In terms of? Right, Microsoft yeah, wins, the, Boland the, the, the Microsoft, okay, let me tell you what. Um, I think Microsoft was overly vicious. They were pretty vicious. And... In a way, in the long term, it also kind of um, was negative for them because mm-hmm. one, I think it alienated a lot of people. And totally, companies. yeah. Totally. People. There are people who still don't feel Microsoft even up until today, right. although they are really reformed. I mean, yeah. they different really, company now, right? It's a different company, right? Yeah. And um, but the people who still don't, you, you still have to. The bitterness is still the, there. Maybe bitterness or a bit of you, you. You don't. You may not want maybe to. I see it like maybe to expose too much or. You, your favorite little company has been bought by Microsoft. Like for instance, the other day, Microsoft, uh, I think, invested in one of the leading uh, Postgres, new Postgres database. Mm-hmm. One of the very nice extensions for doing something called sharding data, like okay, basically right. scaling out your right, data, right, 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 right. was bought by Microsoft. And there was a lot of pushback, mm. pushback from the community because mm-hmm. people, Microsoft doesn't have a good name around it. Yeah. What about the GitHub acquisition? Did that also cause yeah. some, the GitHub acquisition? You see, again, GitHub acquisition again. So when you hear Microsoft and open source, especially yeah. after Git's calling open source the cancer of the cancer of software, it still has bitter taste to it. Yeah, yeah. Because developers were so open source oriented. Yes, you want to share things, you know. Right, right. And Microsoft actually that's why I think they created Google, right? Because Google said, "Don't be evil." You know what? And that's Google positioned themselves perfectly, perfectly against Microsoft. Yes, don't be evil. 
That was a matter when they yeah. started up. Yeah. So uh, when they said don't be evil, that meant there, was, there must have been someone in the ecosystem who was evil. Right. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> Although now that I don't know how, how well, it has changed though. It doesn't apply once, anymore to once, them. <laughs> so once you start making money, <laughs> don't be evil becomes uh, it becomes like don't be evil because, all the time. Not all, all the time. It's <laughs> just sometimes. So so let's move to yeah. now. Okay, now you you immersed yourself in this world. You're seeing things that most people around you are not seeing. Yes. It's you're kind of living in a parallel universe than totally. your people around you. Totally. And so now you graduate from campus. Yes. What are your options? What in fact, let me just say, I, 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 technically, I didn't even graduate. Okay. I like this. Right. even better. Yeah. <laughs> technically, because what I did is that I just decided to just exist in campus. To exist? <laughs> <laughs> I live here. <laughs> yeah, I just exist. I mean, um, you know, well, I didn't have the guts to say I'm going to pull off completely. Yeah. I knew not what I, what I wanted to do. Right. software. Right. Um, but I said, I'm just going to sit for all my classes. I don't have to pass a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just enough to get by. Just enough to get by. Right. So, so let me say, I actually, I did that. I would have my king courses. For instance, when, let's say we go to, we have a course like digital, uh, maybe uh, digital electronics, and that's interesting. So that would be really keen. But anything else that I feel is not really important, exist. So, and about the same time, when I'm, uh, I started um, getting a little bit of contracts in there to develop software for people. How did this come up? Just like, for instance, I think the first one was uh, when I was, I was telling you I was working at the Coastal Portless. Uh, my uncle was running a shipping, I was with him, mm-hmm. um, he was running a shipping, what do I call it, the, uh, car container clearing. Logistics, logistics company, and yes, they would clear containers from the ships to okay, yeah, yeah. where the containers are kept. Yeah. Right. So this would be contracted to do that. So you wanted, to, uh, so of course it used to be just manual. Right. So I told him, hey, look here, man. No, but he had a computer. Mm. So I told him, hey, look here, you know I can actually design for you software that can do this work. Can do this work. So like you can, I live in pay. <laughs> this is such a pain for me. Fix it. <laughs> Cheers, man. Ta-da! Three months. So did it. And some good money for someone who is in campus. Um, so you built a, 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 you built a, I guess, what was it? Was it like almost like a... It was just very specific to his business. Right. What exactly they needed to do. Workflow. Yes, who is who's available today. Access, like, what, are, what are these get done? What work do we need to do? Um, yeah. Workforce right management, here. it seems like. Yes. Okay. Not a very big farm. A couple of guys, but... The good thing is you could see also. I mean, the future is that we, we need to stop this paper business. Right, right. Then, um, so I think I did a couple of those. And then, um, interesting. Then, uh, at about the same time, so now I'm done with campus. At about the same time, oh, just before I got done with campus, there was a certain gentleman. A what? A certain gentleman. Okay. Um, he was, in, he was based in Germany. Okay. And I think you probably think of him as maybe having the first startup idea in around this place. Because what he wanted to do was, he thought, why would he not have, maybe I come to, back to Kenya, he's Kenya. Mm-hmm. I come to Kenya, I teach a couple of engineers mm-hmm. how to develop professional software because he's a, professional, he's a software guy, mm-hmm. but completely mm-hmm. based off in Germany. Mm-hmm. Kenyan Kenya. guy or German guy? He's a Kenyan guy. Okay. But who had gone, I think, for his undergrad, mm. whatnot, in Germany. in Germany, so he was mm. quite exposed to software. Mm. So he came and set up a farm. It was actually based at the EPZ zone. Um, he had a uh, just 
just next to the Dera factory. Um, the farm used to be called, I think, Econet something. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he wanted was that he starts developing guys, teaching people how to do professional software, and then he'll get contracts in Germany, and then he'll have his small team here in Kenya getting to implement this. So basically Andela kind of thing. Yeah, thereabouts, yeah, yeah. And that was the year 2000. And probably a lot of people did those small type of shops. But there weren't many. There weren't many, yeah. Trust yeah. me, though. I mean, he many. was the, probably the first yes, one. Yes, 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 yes. He was probably the f- I, I, I had not heard of any, any other guy who could do that. And um, somehow I got to hear about it. Mm. So what happened, initially after campus, I said, I'm not going to do anything else. I need to learn more. I was trying to learn as much as I could from whatever. Remember, I've never gone to any software class. Right. So I jumped in there. So I went there for three months. I actually realized, oh, my job is actually pretty good. Mm. Because I could actually do whatever. There were some guys who were like, uh, who had come in there for probably uh, maybe about a year before me, mm. uh, learning stuff. Mm-hmm. So probably three months or so. I I mean, by the time I actually went there, I could do what these guys were doing. Right. Then uh, after, but after three months, some consulting opportunity came up. Um, again, <laughs> so me and my friend, uh, Sami, Sami uh, had. Um, had uh, he had been employed by some guys to do a news portal for Africa. Okay, like Yahoo or something? Yes, like Yahoo, right? Mm-hmm. Or, <coughs> news or something. Yeah. Probably even not Kyoto is doing now, but for back then. Yeah, nobody knows what Yahoo is anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it used to be called Mail Africa. Okay. It was an offshoot of the ISP Kenya. Okay. So, but they needed someone to do, I think, their technology stuff. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. somewhat probably deep. Mm. So they actually need a CTO. Okay. Yeah, so to me, but me, I'm not actually looking to be employed. No, he said, no, 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 but you can come and actually be on contract with us guys. Mm. So sorry. How did you win the contract? No, it's, well, you, you go and show up and they give you like a contract. You're like, a cons- actually like a consultant. Uh-huh. You're like a consultant CTO. Okay. Right? right? Yeah. Let's, let me put it that way. Mm. So I went in there for three, about three months. Three months. And uh, it was a very interesting relationship, but I think our relationship and this guys didn't gel because they uh, they never actually they wanted something too quick. Okay. I think they wanted to kind of offload it into the market. Right. Me, I came there thinking we're building something probably for about a year. Right. Something that is gonna be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because it actually turned out to be something brilliant because we could do news story. Okay, then they had journalists all over Africa mm-hmm. pushing news stories to this portal, mm-hmm. so you find a, an aggregated news right. something for the entire of Africa. Right. Um. So after three months, I realized, man, the way this thing is going, that was actually, if you remember, 2000 was the height of the dot-com boom. Totally, yeah. Everyone was trying to build something the quickest way you can, just to get it out there. Get it out there and get money off it. Right. But I didn't have that kind of approach. Mm. So after three months, I realized, wait, this is not going to work. We're not so aligned. We're yeah. not aligned. Say, no, I'm, I'm out of here. And uh, I remember um, what happened is that over my three months, I think maybe four months. Over my three, four months when I was working, uh, consulting for Mail Africa, I never actually cashed any of my checks. Okay. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's great. And the reason was interesting because what had happened is that I had actually lost my documents when I was in campus, my ID. I had never had my ID for years. And, uh, well, you could say I never needed to use it. Um, so I couldn't open a bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Slight problem. Slight problem. <laughs> so we figured out now uh, a way where I can, I, I think we could, I think how to send on a check and transfer it to somebody else. Right, right. So, but what happened is that those four months, 
I realized, oh, I actually have capital now to start up something now. For yourself. For myself. Right. Right? So when I cashed my four months checks, when I got a little office in uh, Westlands, mm -hmm. had my two computers, and I sat back and asked myself, what next? What next? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> what next, man? What to do? Um, anyway, so... It's interesting how things move on, man. Um, I, I, I say life, you, you can never predict things. Because what happened next is actually unimaginable. Um, so we, we can get onto that? Yes! Yeah? This is the meat! Come on! Okay, so what happens is... Eh? <clears throat> so I have this office of men in Westlands, um, my two computers. So I think all, all this, what I like doing is that every time when... Even if I don't have work, I, I default back to learning. Okay. Okay. So you're a student of the game, basically. Yes, I want to learn more and more and more about software. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you say I'm a geek like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I have no problem actually even just doing software for academic purposes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I would say like, I don't know how this works. I don't know, for instance, how don't want to figure it out. AI works. But I can, if I have three months free, I love it. I would say, let me spend my three months to learn how this works out. So back then, I uh, decided, this time the internet was coming up, so I decided I need to learn how to do more Java properly for the internet. Mm -hmm. um, we had new technologies like WAP, which people are saying will be the next big thing. WAP is what would allow a normal phone back in the days to, to, to browse. Because okay. phones wouldn't browse. Right. But uh, with WAP, you could... Uh, you could you was mean, it like a browser? What was it? It was like, no, it's like a standard. Like HTML. Okay. All right. okay. Um, so WAP would, um, you make software for WAP, so phones which were WAP enabled would be able to get WAP pages. So WAP pages are like, uh, it's like a stripped down HTML. I remember that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Where there's like, a, I remember like yeah. a globe. Yeah, so we have like this Nokia, Nokia phones. I remember had like a communicator, one of these communicators yeah. with things you flip like this. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Mm. Anyway, so, so they said, you know what, let me learn. Uh, remember, I, I was at this German firm, but I had left to do this consulting gig. Mm -hmm. So, but I remembered what we were doing at the German firm. Okay. There are some things that are not finished, right. but at least no one knew about them. Right. So I could research about them. Mm -hmm. So I said, let me do this. Let me just spend my time in my office just researching this. I mean, I have my four months checks and I'll be a bit pretty well. So mm -hmm. I really don't have to worry about my next month. So who was paying at the to time? Me, to me to do what? You said, oh, you had been being paid pretty well. So you had some yeah, yeah, I mean, I had some, at least my four months. Oh, got it. Okay. Four so, months uh, right. paycheck. Okay. And it was good money. Right. Uh, relative. Mm. Um, you know, I, I like telling young guys, man, um, it's good to do these things when you're young, mm -hmm. when your expenses are really low. Mm. Because I know if, if you're a young guy, what do you need more? What do you need? You just need a house and a computer. That's it. Yeah. So actually running because it's housing and food. Mm -hmm. um, of course, when you're much older, things are different right. family and whatnot but right. when you just young guy you, you, you can take risks that other people yeah you uh, can't take later, later on in life will, yeah. be, will be much better for you to do so um so i'm sitting here doing my learning on these things mm. right mm. so i don't have internet in my office because internet is very expensive but now at least cyber cafes have started coming up the year okay. 2000 cyber cafes yeah, cyber cafes yeah, yeah. a couple so in westlands was a cyber cafe mm. i forget its name but what will happen is that so on a regular basis like maybe once or twice a day, mm. I would I would go to this cyber mm -hmm. to now check my emails, right? Uh, download whatever thing, stuff I need to download, maybe some little software I need to download and come back to my office. Mm -hmm. So we kind of develop a rapport with, mm -hmm. 
with the uh, practice the owner the owner the owner of cyber mm. now what this owner tells me at some point is so he he, he knows that I do software because he, he I'm a regular guy yeah he's tuned on to software mm. uh, he's a nation guy um, then I remember him asking me one time whether I can actually develop for him some software mm-hmm. to manage the cyber cafe mm-hmm. it's like ah oh, you like software to manage the cyber cafe mm, okay and how would you pay me he's like we actually I think stuck a deal if I give him some software to just basically manage the cyber cafe, I don't have to pay for internet anymore. <laughs> Brilliant. Butter trade. Butter trade. <laughs> it's like, and internet was like one of my biggest expenses, really. Because I mean, it was expensive. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I think probably per minute you're paying maybe 30, 40, 50 bob. You'd imagine. That's a lot, yeah. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. Yeah. So, interestingly, so I decided, you know, as I'm learning this thing, let me just develop uh, this little cyber cafe thing. About the three weeks, I had a working prototype. Nice. They could manage his summer cafe. Mm-hmm. And as far as I was concerned, he was going to leave it at that. Right. right? Me, mm-hmm. I'm still learning my, my Java things here. Right. As I figured out what is it I'm going to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was where interesting stuff happens. I am walking in town, and I meet a pal of mine. Mm-hmm. Boom. Hey, hi, how are you? So this guy with him in campus, he knew I'm into software. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, back in the days, once you leave a place, because you don't have, there are no mobile phones or whatnot, you can actually lose touch with your friends. Totally, yeah. Because it's, um, if you're not seeing something, I mean, you can't call up somebody easy. Right. You probably don't know that. People just, just meet on the streets or right. parks, you know. <laughs> so true. Yeah? You bump, <laughs> hey, what's up, what's up? And you catch up like that, and, right. and you're cool. Yeah. You disappear for a month, you bump into each other again. Mm-hmm. So this guy tells me he's working in Africa now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, what do you mean you're okay, African? You tell me, ah, we want you to start up something new. It's called Etouch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Etouch, yeah, yeah. And uh, so what are you guys doing? Is there Saba Cafe? I'm like, interesting. Hmm. But I actually, I don't think I actually meant, no, I mentioned to him that, oh, but then incidentally, I've done something for Saba Cafe. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he tells me, ah, even us guys, we're looking, for, we have uh, just got some software for Saba Cafe from, I think they got it from Israel. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So wow. they're trying to now localize it for the local market <coughs> and blow it up now too. Because Itach had many cyber cafes. Right. Itach was actually an offshoot of African online. Okay. So, and that was a, it was a pretty good part of mine. So we leave it at that. Mm. So me, I go back to my office. Mm. I think a month or so later, the chap looks for me. Hey, what's up? What's up? I think you need to come forward. You need to come and see me. Something like, okay. So I go, I go and see the guy. So I go to African online office. He's like, hey, you get me. We're having a, a bit of a problem, man. Eh? Uh, you, you told me you have some cyber cafe software? I told him, yeah. Does it work? Yeah, I mean, okay. It works for the cyber cafe where I had to mention it. I wasn't building it to work. <laughs> but it's working. Right. <laughs> so he went and had a look at it. And um, now they're having a big challenge. Because this software that they got was being built in Israel, they're trying to implement it for the local market, right? right? Mm-hmm. Even just that distance issue is huge. Support. Yeah, support, exactly. Support, mm. how quickly you can turn it around. Mm. Investors are screaming because they want this software to be rolled out. Disaster, disaster. So now, this thing was, and then the problem was that, for instance, it would, you'd load it up on your machine and it would lock up on your machine. Oh, God. So you can imagine those business is stuck. Is stuck. So they're like, now, what, let's do this, huh? This is a thing of yours. Uh, so he went and took me to his boss. Guy called um, Peter Mondi. Mm. Brilliant guy. Mondi tells me, yeah, you're having a problem. But of course, since you, your software is not, was not ever meant to be serious, let's do this. Let me first of all give you um, 
We have a separate cafe in Westlands. Because what they used to do, Nando's are also just checking into the market. Mm-hmm. So at the, at the Nando's, they used to have like a reservation, like three machines. The separate cafe? Yeah, yeah. They, in, in, in the Nando's? In the Nando's, yeah. So ah, one okay. little corner at the Nando's, that's yeah, where you find their yeah. three, four, five machines. They used to have their own separate cafes. Right. But, but they also had a partnership with Nando's. So if, if there's a Nando's, mm. you'd find... Uh, three or four machines. Three or four machines. Mm. Remember, people don't have internet on their on their phones. Yes, yes. So your Nando's, you're chilling out with your pals, you can go and check your emails, yeah, and, yeah, you know? Yeah. So they, they get to me, we'll do this. There's a little place in Western which is open, the Nando's, it has three machines. Why don't you go and put your software into three machines? Eh? So that it will work out. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And what you do is this. Uh, if it works out, before we develop our main software here, we'll give you, we can list it out from you. Yeah? Right. We'll pay you. It, it, it never looked like a lot of money. I think it was probably a thousand or two thousand bob per machine every month. Okay. So for three machines, I think that's six thousand bob. Not too much money, but it's okay. Right. So I decided, you know what? What do I have to lose? So, grab my Sabakashi software, put it in Nando's, things are working. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> okay. So it works. Now, these guys get more pressure. Because the main software is still not working. But you got software over here and Nando's. It's working. So they, they actually come over and see, actually it's working. Uh-huh. So they're like, okay, but they had spent quite a bit of money, probably maybe a million dollars on that one, thereabouts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Some cost, my goodness. A lot. So, a decision was made that as, as we're still waiting for this big software, let's roll this guy. Why don't we roll what we have now, because it's not expensive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into our other. First of all, they gave us town, I think it was something like 20 machines. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's on a list model. Every yeah. machine, I think 2,000 bob. All of a sudden, I moved from 6,000 bob a month. Ah, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah it's a monthly basis. I moved yeah. from 6,000 bob a month. Now they're giving me 20 machines. So now I'm at maybe 50,000 bob. Right. What? Your life has just... So this can actually become a business, man. Right? Blew your mind. Before long, yeah. I would say all the internet centers were running on our software. One man shop. They were running on our software. So now I have to create some infrastructure around my little software <coughs> for cyber cafes. <laughs> <laughs> we used to call it Safari, by the way. Yeah. And that was before Steve Jobs came up with the Safari name. We used to call it Safari, uh-huh. but we used to spell it S U R F A R I. Saf, almost like Saf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, like Safing. Mm. Safari. Um, so we run on Safari in many, I mean, all the data centers in Nairobi. Barclays also had some people were doing with African Online. I remember, I forget what they, they used to have their own internet centers because you could go to Barclays Bank, uh, like at, I remember, like High Selassie. They had a, a, a branch, one of the branches that made like half of it to be like, uh, they were trying to think to introduce online banking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you'd have your little cyber there, you could do your little whatnot, Barclays Plaza, they had some. I mean, all of a sudden it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. So let me ask you this yeah. did you have a contract? Was it um, part of, how did this work? Let me tell you, I think, you know, to be honest, I think initially we worked, it worked well. We just had a gentleman's agreement. Gentleman's agreement. And this guy honored it. Yeah, they honored it. That's amazing for Kenya. They did. Let me tell Especially you, when it scales. Default, let me tell you, we are... No, people actually... You know, a lot of business, my friend, I think, has it's always done, done like that. Here. Relationships, yes, huh? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when people get more sophisticated, they, they come up with very advanced contracts. But sometimes you even have to ask yourself what these contracts what are actually... This, what are we controlling for? Yeah, they, what Trust. are they working for us? Because yeah. I might have a contract with you, but if you get into a dispute on the same contract, we're going to spend 10 years in the courts. Right. Right. So, yes, you have a contract, but what is it again? 
So if you ask me, I think it matters more the person you're doing business with. Yeah, I mean, than this is... all these big documents. You can have the biggest documents with the best lawyers in Kenya, but you never get justice. You never get yeah, yeah. and you're so you're so yeah. right. And this is one of the things that I don't know. Has things have things changed in your view in terms of how that word of that that yes um, being good for your word yes I think a lot a lot of because look at look at look at how we started off. I tell you, we started off, and not, that's just not the only instance. Even later on, other things came up. And it always, almost always to start up that way. No contract. Handshake. No Boom. This is what we this. agreed. Let's do this. Let's see how it works out. It works out. We'll figure out how we're going to do it. Wow. And, and, and we'll do it. African Online, when we set up those three machines, yeah. I don't really think they paid us the first one. Huh? Didn't have a problem with it. I knew we were still trying to refine one or two couple of things, but the thing worked. And uh, I mean, six thousand bob they probably could pay us off through maybe impressed or something. Pretty cash. Pretty cash, right? Um, but of course, when the thing starts scaling up, like you know, you have to sit down and, and agree on some terms. Yeah. So what was interesting was that I think even our off, I even had a couple of guys. My younger brother was in campus, grabbed him. A couple of guys, not the running, not the HR operation. Mm-hmm. So. We moved our offices to our clients. We used to operate from Rentula Towers, uh-huh. where African was based, right? Yeah. Um, so my guys would report there. Because we had actually done this software in a way that um, from Rentula Towers, you could control every ETA center wow. in the country. Right? Hold on. On the internet? On the back um, of the ETA? The ETA themselves are on the internet. Okay, right. Yeah? Okay, right. So, and what I mean by control is that you'd set things like pricing. Centrally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, for instance, you could say. Uh, so, you could run the business. Yeah, essentially. so my guys are reporting there, unless maybe there's a problem. So, they could, for instance, you could say, um, you know, pricing is actually very, very sophisticated, that the kind of model that we used to have. Mm. So, for instance, they'd have, you'd have an internet inter- center at Carnival. You had another one at the airport, duty free. Right. You have a couple of them in town, different pricing models. Different pricing for models. instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. first 10 minutes is free. Right. Next five is this much, next ten. So we have a graduated pricing model. Wow. Another pricing model is not constant across all the inter centers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends, for instance, Carnival would probably be premier. So you see, for you to set up all this kind of infrastructure, you need like a management hub which can determine your pricing. So if let's say you say, I want Kisumu to start charging this much, you do it here, then it distributes itself right. to Kisumu. Right. Then, so by the time the reports are coming back, how much have we collected today? How many guys have logged in? You could even log on someone from Kisumu. From, from Rentula. Wow. Right? This is a killer software, software dude. Uh, it's all serious. Uh-huh. We're actually, I mean, we spent quite a bit of time on it. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, that, so that became our main business. So basically, you're creating <laughs> software <laughs> for the cyber cafe internet yes. access. Yes. And it was going to be huge, man, because we had, uh, Africa not watch, I want to expand over Africa, but we all know 2000, 2001, the dot com boom just crashed. Uh, did that affect them? I guess. Yes, big time. Be... Because now all the expansion plans were halted. Okay. Because there was, there was the cash flow expansion of this, yeah, the, 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 the cyber cafes was in, was in the freeze. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the money dried up. Um, so now they also, also even had to scale down the operations. Yeah. So we we hung out with them for a while, but at some point they actually decided to, I think, close most of them apart from the ones which are very profitable, which were not very many. So they use our software just, um, but we realize that it's not too much feature for us in uh, this software. Mm. So that's when now we jumped to the next thing. Which was what? And which year is this now? 
2002? This will be probably 2003, three, four, okay. thereabouts, I think. So again, um, so as this thing is, is working, that's when now I decided, now look at, uh, I need to look at the next thing that uh, we can do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, well, we've been there for 20 years, but it's not like we've been there doing the same thing. Right. Um, so what's the next thing? So we said to concentrate on, I picked up on education. Okay. Let me try to automate these schools. Okay. Give them something solid. Um, the works professionally done. Um, so again, I took off as my business was still running here in town for another one year and came up with very good academic software. Right? Mm-hmm. So, which we rolled out in, started rolling out in schools. Did pretty well. Pretty, pretty well because I think it was actually the only software that was certified by the ministry because we realized that the easiest way would be, we started running into lots of problems when we were implementing it because, um, for instance, auditors are expecting you to have books when they can't afford it, yet we're automating an institution right. like Nairobi School, right. uh, for instance, locally, Lenana. I think all the big guys were actually using our software at that point in time. Um, so the, the big schools could get away with it because they had the clout to say, you know, we're going to automate, mm. to push back. Mm. So we realized that at some point now, we actually had this uh, collaboration with the ministry that we actually just get things sort of certified okay. so that if a school wants to implement it, they know there's not going to be pushback from them. Right. They should not be afraid that there's going to be pushback because that's why they want things to go. Right. Because schools are very complicated to run. Their mm. software is for accounting is not easy. Mm. You might look, you might think it's easy, but I think a business is easier to run than a school. Interesting. Yeah, because a business, think about an average business. An average business, even a supermarket, um, it does cash, cash business. Right. So they don't even know who their customers are, no right. credit, no nothing. Right. They will probably have maybe customers who they will know who they are, maybe institutions, maybe like 100 or 200. Right. But a school like Starehe has maybe a thousand kids. Those are a thousand customers who need to keep their profiles. You need to know how much you're charging them because you're not all invoices the same. Right. You don't all pay your fees at the same time. And you don't pay them to write accounts at so the same time. So complexity of just so it's actually quite complex. The accounting part of it is actually quite complex. <coughs> right. right. Mm. So so we started rolling rolling with that, and um, so the server is still doing his stuff. There we are with um, school with software. The, the school software. How did you pick the school? Why schools? What did you schools? Do? I think I had a background with schools. One, my I saw my parents were in teaching. In, 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 in teaching. Mm. And I know the issues that they had. Okay. So they'll tell so you're me, familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll tell me this I think this is a market here, man. Why don't you do something? In fact, I think a lot of sort has always been there's a problem here, why don't you do solve something? it? Yeah. Yeah. Think of how you can come up and, and, and solve this. So so we did that for a while and the software did pretty well. I think it's actually probably the leading software for education institutions at that time for the next two, three years. Because we had about for back then maybe fifty I think we probably touched at some point 80 schools. 80? 80. Wow. Yeah. But it was hectic. Okay. Oh my God. Customizations. No, no, no. What was it? The, the fact that the schools are so far away. From each other, yes. There's no like central. Okay, Nairobi is central, right? But you can imagine um, schools are you're all over central province. Wow. You're all over eastern. And then all the schools open at once. Then all the schools are trying to load the new budgets for the town Oof. at the same time. So it's a, it's a seasonal... Yeah, it has a very seasonal peak. Then everyone's calling you, oh, we made a mistake yesterday, trying to load our budgets, could you come and help us out? Wow. And you're, okay, that's one school in Meru. As you're rushing to Meru, another guy, the other side of the country, says... Doesn't scale, doesn't scale. It would, be, it would actually be very nice if you did it off... Um, cloud? Either cloud, 
or it, the ETH model that we had, where you have a centralized server yeah, that yeah, you yeah. that configures the rest. Yeah. But no, the problem was that schools were not connected. Online. Yeah, they're not online. Now you can yeah. do that. Yeah? yeah, but schools didn't have internet. Listen, so you have to be there. This is yeah. we, we're at the top of the hour here, and, uh, and we're just getting started. Can you imagine? You're not serious. And we're just getting started because <laughs> yes, maybe just to give the audience a taste of what part two will be like, right? Because we have to come okay. back and do part two. Right. You've built a portfolio of products, starting yeah. with cyber cafe software. Yes. Education management software. Healthcare. Uh, I know you've done some stuff for. Why don't you just give us the portfolio, right? Okay. Touch it at a high level. Yeah. Let me let me see what. Um, immediately after we, we did this uh, software for for education institutions, mm. um, that's when we at about two thousand and six thereabouts. So we started doing quite a bit of consulting for non larger clients, mm -hmm. um, especially like first of all we started off. On Linux, remember that right. I, yeah, I have my Linux for a long time. Right. The market started picking up on open source mm -hmm. around 2005-6. That's when people started getting about hearing about, or, or maybe let me say, implementing products that are running on open source technologies. Okay. That would be the Linuxes. Right. Um, and the market didn't know how to. No one was providing the services. No, so again, yeah, you were the guy. Well, the guys. So <clears throat> we started doing consulting services. Mm -hmm. Now that introduces to the one corporate mm -hmm. and two government. Okay. And before long, we started now doing software. We started get we, we had clients like Defense as one of our clients. Department of Defense. Yes, mm -hmm. we started doing a couple of products with them. Mm -hmm. Again, it started from the open source angle because mm -hmm. we're heavy in open source technologies. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so before then, rather before long, uh, we also started getting a couple of you see, we go to a client, we're doing consulting on, on maybe Linux. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, these clients also have lots of other needs. Lots of other problems, yeah. Yeah, those are our problems that they actually don't have any local answers for. So, uh, again, questions will come, could you do this for us? Right, right. Could you do this for us? So before long, we started get we had clients as Defense, Revenue Authority, um, KPLC, uh, I think Bank of Africa. We had uh, clients in, um, what else? Uh, we said doing medical, mm -hmm. medical stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we did the logistics for Kemsa. That's across the entire country. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty huge project. Um, we've also done automation for a couple of um, ministries um, that need really bespoke software. Right. Bespoke secure software. <coughs> have, uh, what? Foreign Affairs, we have Ministry of ICT, ICTA, that's ICT Authority, we've got clients who are in um, what else? quite a number of diverse clients. Interesting. But our yeah. growth now from there would be was largely based on the fact that we can watch probably one of a few then local firms where you could actually have a conversation with like we want to do this and we'll figure out okay, we have this technology that's available for instance as open source. Then how can we grab this open source maybe and as a shell, right? Then and build on top of that. Build on top of it, right? To get to something that actually works wow. for the for the local market. So that is I think our journey from two thousand and seven to twenty seventeen eighteen. You'd say just bespoke software. Your capabilities. Okay, around. of course it starts off as bespoke, mm. but of course once you do the first like for instance once start, we did the first bespoke uh, logistic solution mm. for defense mm -hmm. that is on a solution that we could also resell to other 
it's also becoming peaceful and when all of a sudden you I mean you know logistics pretty well. Right. So now we start looking for clients who are who have the needs in the similar needs, needs in logistics. Right. right. You're looking for a market essentially for that product. Yeah, I'm looking for market for, 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 for the product. In fact, I would say something very interesting about it is that for the longest of time they never even had a sales and marketing department. Right. Interesting. Do you, do, you, do you think if you had that, it would have made a difference? Uh, let me tell you what. I, because at some point we had it. And, um, and I think you, you, you need to be very careful when you... Let me tell you, when you're, you're a company that you have stuff that is working for you. Mm-hmm. If you change to something else, because for instance... It's a is, whole other thing. Maybe that is what the industry expects of you. Mm. You've got to be very careful. Mm. Because... Mm. You've got to do things that... You that work for you in a very deep way, right? Like you yes. have to know if you that. find something that works for you, mm-hmm. um, I think stick to it. Mm-hmm. Because I tell you what, we got we got sales, so we branded ourselves. All of a sudden, we had nice logos and that uh-huh. kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but the other side of the coin of sales and marketing is that you can very easily and. Actually, also point I think affected us at some point. You can get a lot of noise. Ah, instead of the signal. Instead of the signal, right? Mm-hmm. Because previously, you know, you're getting you're the sales guy. You're not even a sales guy. You're getting clients who are coming to you and telling you, "Hey, this is what I want. 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 This is what I want." Mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, you're getting it's five filtered. people yeah. who, on a weekly basis, they're telling you, "I went to someone and I think they need this." So you see now you have, so in some, maybe your pipeline had, initially had like maybe three clients who you're very sure you can close business with. Two, you're not 20 getting clients. Maybe 20 clients. <laughs> who you're not sure you can which <laughs> You don't know whether you're going to do, well, your chances of doing business with them is probably very little because you're probably very... So let me ask you this. Why did you get the sales team? What were you trying to solve for? Well, okay. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, um, for us, this was trying to grow. Okay, we're trying to grow from where we are, maybe to the next level. Okay. Um, so, 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 I mean, at some point we realize, you know, we actually need a bit of um, branding. Okay, marketing and sales are actually very different. Yeah. Marketing, yeah. I think it's, marketing is important. So there's different versions of marketing, right? I mean, you can have a brand. Yes. And then you can have, they also put <coughs> demand generation under marketing. Yes. Which feeds into sales. Yes. So having a distinction between yes. those so two it's, things. So it's very important for you to, you can brand yourself, um, do a quite a good marketing thing around yourself. Right. But if you're in a niche market, I think it's very important to understand your niche market. I'll give you an example. Even internationally, there are so many companies that an average guy might not know. Yeah, and tons really of them. Huge. I'll yeah. give you an example. Like one of the biggest, largest companies when it comes to mobile uh, technology will be like uh, ARM. Yeah. Arm. Arm. Yeah. And what do they do? ARM is a word actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, they design. They don't even build their own chips. They, they're the guys who designing most of the chips that you find on your, on your phones and whatnot. Right. But you know, they have decided. You know what? We may not be very well known out there, but if you're in that industry, you know them for sure. You know those guys. Yeah. Right. Because right. you don't know the guys who who have top notch. So. Even for startups. I think when you're starting off, it's very important to get to know, from a point of view, what you want to be. And popularism does not necessarily translate to good business. To good business. Sometimes, in fact, 
Um, you got to be popular amongst your potential customers. That's that's all. I mean, let's let's put it to that. Let me tell you what. Um, I tell you what. Um, I think for maybe also for every company, there's 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 a time for everything. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. could have a very brilliant idea. But if you get too much marketing, too fast, too fast, too it can, too fast. Yeah, it can yeah, easily yeah. kill you. Yeah, because you're not ready to yeah. deal with. Father can even get into your head, right? Just totally. thinking you're you're a man, you're a man, or the woman. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And you really are not. <laughs> For real. And the media can actually make something out of you that you really are not. And you start believing the hype and that kind of stuff. Press clippings. Yeah, exactly. Very dangerous. And you start living for it. Yeah, you start living for it. You start mm. living for events. Because oh you know, once you get into media, now you start getting invited to this event, that event. But now you what? think you're doing business. You're not. You're not doing business, really. You're, you're going back a lot of time. Yeah. Um, because maybe at that point in time, probably there's nothing you're selling. You are supposed to be building stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if let's say there's a product you're selling, um, not have the phone that I've built, and now you, maybe it's a consumer product. At that time, we can not maybe discuss like that because exactly. I need to be. But there are times when I think it's probably better to be chiniyamaji. Chiniyamaji. Still, right, right. But you stayed stealth the whole time. I mean, for yes. the most part, yes. Right. I love building products from a stealth mode. Except this Kionjo thing. This Kionjo thing. Even Kionjo, even Kionjo. Uh, say, well, even Kionjo, we've not advertised it. It has quite a bit of usage right now. Right. Did describe describe it. us what Kionjo is. Okay, what you're trying to do is um, now the problem we're trying to solve. Okay, um, 2007 we started solving enterprise problems. Right coming up with enterprise solutions. Right. Now, the next thing that I see is that when people talk about data, even just talking about data, 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 data. Right. But um, a couple of years back, two years back, we said, you know what, I think let's look into this data, artificial intelligence, and a very closely related cousin, natural language processing, okay. deeply. Okay. And um, and try to understand them and try to see how can we use these technologies, not just as words, but as, as, as applications, applications yeah. that will solve our problems, right? right. So uh, one of the things that uh, we had to do was first of all learn again, mm. teach ourselves. Go back to the, yeah. How do you deal with a lot of data? Right. Enterprise data and, for instance, consumer data, data. Consumer data, data you get from internet is very different. Very different, yeah. The consumer is a lot of data. Right. Um, the response times, you, uh, consumers expect you click Google right search whatever you're searching now. Mm. Enterprise, you can't, you can't, enterprise, you can wait for two seconds for an LPO to process. <laughs> <advice>. <laughs> Different world. Different world. Uh-huh. I mean, you, the average enterprise user is forced to use the software that has been Yeah, man. Shit. This is your job. Yeah, this is your job. <laughs> SAP. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And you're stuck here. <laughs> while, while you're waiting for SAP yeah. to load, you're doing Facebook, Google. <laughs> yeah, you start there. I mean, you, you, even if you want to change SAP, you, you're not going to change it tomorrow. Not going to happen. So, so we decided to make a big, uh, uh, even personally, I decided I'm going to research on how this data thing works. Um, because, of course, um, I know from a, a back then a new form, Kasri uh, angle, mm. of course, I know about AI being a software guy, mm. but have not practiced it. Mm natural language processing. Now, one of the things that quickly became very evident is that there's actually almost complete absence of data products that are targeted towards us, as always. Us being? We're in Africa. We're in Kenya. Yeah. Right? Mm. Um, And um, so you find, it, it comes up as very simple things. For instance, in any data model, that is doing maybe analysis. What does it do? You find English. 
try to find something that speaks the Kenyan English. Like for instance, if I don't do it, we're very good. You Kenyans are we're multilingual, right? So for a Kenyan, it's very easy for you to speak English or Hindi. Probably even throw in a word in your mother tongue somewhere, right, right, and right. you we communicate that way, right? right? So mm-hmm. on, on on our social media, there's a lot of that. Mm. But an average product from the US, if feed at that, it probably doesn't even know what's going on. Right. Um, and the other question I always ask myself, I've not, I've had to ask myself, is that why is it that even to search who is the president of Kenya, you have to go to a product Google in the US. There's not even a local guy who is a product can be able to tell you such basic things. Mm, mm. As an example, mm. so what we said to do is, you know, we're going to make a big data play, mm-hmm. and one of the first things that we said to do is. For us to learn how this thing works out, let's just start collecting. Give us a, a, a challenge. Um, if you go to, if you want maybe news in, around Kenya, aggregated, you probably find them in something like Google News. Mm-hmm. Um, they are able to aggregate and prioritize news based on Kenya off their search engine. Mm-hmm. So you ask yourselves, can we do something similar and better? Okay. Is there a way we can aggregate Kenyan local news news data? Of course, we're getting a lot more data than just news, but is there a way for us where we can aggregate Kenyan news data automatically, aggregate it, automatically classify it, automatically prioritize it, automatically present it to users? So basically, doing what Google News does? Yes, and actually being better than Google News for us, for our market. For us. That's what we've done with Kenjo. And what's the end game here? So, you don't have to have one. Maybe it's You just... don't have to have one, but we know where we're going. Um, now, Again, as I said, this period in time for us, about two years. You're in research mode. We're in research mode. How does this work out? Right? Because data is a new gold, baby. Data is a new oil. Yes. So how does it work out? Yeah. Awesome. So you're collecting. How are you able to determine, for instance, this news news story will be important? Out of let's say a thousand news stories that are coming from let's say delineation, how are you able to pick up on one that is important? Right now we can do it. Right? How are you able to say that um it can only be important, but maybe for just one hour, and to die. But this, I won't keep this for a day, because this will trend. So Kionjo basically is what now? It's a so Kionjo is the platform that now we have built to aggregate all the data. And what what does somebody see when they go there? So what do you see if you go there? You get an aggregation of all our news news stories. So it's basically heads. like it's like the back to the portal that you guys were doing with your two thousand. But this time is fully automated because it's not a single person who actually determines what you see there. Everything wow. that you see there is. Uh, oh, this is brilliant. This is this yeah. is actually, this is real time sentiment analysis. Yes. For our so market. we're able to do very detailed. We don't show it in Kionjo now, but some of the things that we're able to do, for instance, is we can do very detailed sentiment analysis. Um, we can do very, very detailed salience. Salience is the importance of what. Salience. Okay. Mm-hmm. What someone has been mentioned, for instance. Uh, you can have a story about f- the impact, for instance, there's the funding in Africa. Right. Yeah. Venture capital funding in Africa. Right. Then Makanaki is mentioned somewhere. Right. Um, it's one thing to say Makanaki is mentioned, and one thing to say maybe you're the real, the story was actually about you. Right. It could be about you or it could be a footnote. Right. So you don't know the difference. Yeah. This so is, this is huge. So that's quite a bit of natural language processing. That right. We had to, we had right. to do that. Um, and now we are building our products. This one, which is going to come off Kionjo, now that are 
the commercial now how to commercialize that that data that, and data. that capability and that this is awesome so listen let's so, summarize this and kind of so we have 10 years to go <laughs> dude man i love it i love it i love it so you know like we talked we about 10 years to go we yeah. we i mean we're so aligned in so many different ways and even every time we talk it's like the first time you know yeah um it's i'm so excited years yeah sorry so go ahead. Now what I'm saying is it's 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 20 years. I'm trying to compress it within an hour. So I know it's tough. ridiculous. It's hard. It's, <laughs> it's hard, hard, hard. And you know what? But we can try. <laughs> Listen, I, I I we can try. We've let it go on, and yeah, I think. But ultimately, let me tell you something. Ultimately, I think what I would love to do is um, even the next. Um, I think the way I see my myself is up now is I think the next five ten years I, I want to go back to our niche mode. Because I think one of the things that I would like to have as a challenge to ourselves is I think it's about time that we started developing what I call technology products. And the difference between technology products and products that use technology. Explain. Let me give you a difference. If, for instance, right now I made a contact um, database, a database where, for instance, I can key in my users and dump them into a database and make a nice user interface and present it to you. I would call that a product that is using technology. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because the underlying database is not... You, 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 there's not really deep technical innovation. Okay. And I would say, I don't think you can... So are we, talk, like just, just, are we saying the recent... Are you likening this to the recent proliferation of social products, social... Yeah, uh, I wouldn't call it maybe social, but I think one of the things that I see is that um, I think what people forget is if you look at any market, not just the Kenyan market, if you look at even for instance the American market, there is always this thing of hyping. Totally, yeah, yeah. Companies. <laughs> hyping is part of the game, right? Totally. It's, it's, it's part of the game, right? But what people actually forget that for every Facebook, mm -hmm. there's actually the underlying technology. Yes. And that technology is very valuable as well. Yes. Very, very valuable. And you can, it, you can make off it for a long time. Right. So Facebook, for instance, never started off as a technology company. Like Kubernetes for Google. Yes. Right? So you find Facebook never started off as a technology company, but now they're building their own yes. technology. You find in a certain area, for instance, in artificial intelligence, I would say, I don't think you consider yourself uh, in technology until you can build technology that can be used by another developer or another technical person to wow. build their products. Right. So that's what I was trying to say. This little contract application is not only really technology. You're just using technology someone has presented to you. Yes. But if you make something that another developer uses as part of their core, that is when you can now start having an ecosystem. And two places are actually very well known for this. Of course, I think Silicon Valley. Right. But also you look at the Israeli model. Mm -hmm. There are very few products you can actually go and buy in the local market. And you say this is from Israel. But underneath the thing. But the core, like for instance, I think I think it's the Intel Core i something entire series is designed and done in Israel. The entire base for the Intel Core i processors is, mm -hmm. is Israeli. Mm -hmm. So many products that you they are billion dollar companies you not hear about. Them. But Intel will go and buy and tell you continue doing whatever it is you do. But let me ask you a question, dude. That is core technology. So I find. We, we, we're still cutting around that issue and just trying to just jump into little products, little products, little products, little products. But the problem with these little products, little products is that 
at some point you lack the depth that you need mm. because every little even Facebook started off as a little product. Mm. But now it's a. It's but a once you they hit hundred thousand users, then they're like, damn, now we, we gotta build stuff that we, we have to. Yes, yeah. because people now are expecting two seconds is and too long. You can't buy it off the shelf. You, know, you can't buy it off the shelf. Yeah. Or even if you buy it off the shelf. But but here's the thing, dude. Like, like yeah. you see, it's a chicken and egg scenario, and we gotta wrap with this, man, because yes. this is I mean like. You see, they have a big enough market to justify investing the R&D in that, dude. Uh, let me tell you, yeah, you, you could say that, but let me tell you something. The thing about technology is that it's diagnostic. You can do technology in Kenya that can be used in the US. Sure, sure, but, but the thing is this. The problem, the reason why people build to commercialize and yes. quickly yeah. is because we don't have an investment venture bank um, to allow okay. you to actually do R&D. To say, yeah. okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The sequencing of the process. Uh, let me say what. Uh, I think... <clears throat> Let me tell you what. Um, it's a systemic problem. You, you're right in a way, but I also like to give people a couple of challenges, mm. especially, again, let me hit on the young men. Eh? Young people. Uh, young people, young men and ladies. Mm. Um, they have a lot of time. They may not realize it, because, but they have a lot of time. I mean, uh, knowing what I know now, if let's say I was to start off first year on campus, I mean, you, you realize actually you had a lot of time. And if you look at, for instance, even a lot of this technology that is coming up, I mean, even today, I'll look at, for instance, some of the leading open source technologies that are coming out, and who do you find? You find kids in campus. Yeah, they contribute to the core. For instance, it could be the latest AI engine. Or blockchain. Or, or blockchain. You, find, okay, you can find graduate students. Don't we have graduate students in Kenya? We do. We do. We do. We, we have, listen, yeah. here's the thing. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so as much as you're saying yes, it, it requires time, but research can happen both in academia and in the commercial world. But you see, culture, our culture doesn't allow for this. No, that's, that's what I'm saying now. We need to change things and have a slightly different outlook to things. Yeah. So here's the thing. The question is, you see, mm. saying is one, yeah. creating the infrastructure and the systemic shift that's things is another thing. And that's why, for, for, that's why, it's, that's yeah. why Impact African Networks Startup Studio. Right. We're not this... Oh, look... We provide, you're exactly right. Young people need a place where they can, in a sense, create, learn, yes. right? Space, yes. time. And seek to learn deeply. deeply. And so what we provide is this 12-month internship to guys coming out of campus and girls coming out of campus. That would be excellent. To actually immerse themselves in yes. understanding this world, right? Yes. And we're just starting off right now. We have the idea is not to just do internships, it's to yeah. build products, right, right. at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. But I can see when I project it out down the road, it's about expanding the aperture. Right. It's about saying what else can this be? Mm. Because our universities are not structured that way. Right? Yeah, there is. And I think you also see how it is, which is very unfortunate. Um, I think the combination of our universities not being very serious when it comes to research is combinated into what the proliferation of you know, universities across the entire country, which is actually, in, from my point of view, quite ridiculous. Because I always tell people, if you want to go to MIT, if you want to go to Harvard, what do you do? There's only one MIT, there's only one Harvard. There's only one. <laughs> you don't hear Harvard in Nairobi, or Harvard in London, or MIT in Australia. You go to MIT. Where it is. Okay. So, I wish even our local campuses can concentrate on that. Yes. If you to be to qualitative, Jupiter, yes. Jake Watt, go to Jake Watt. Let's not hear this Jake Watt in Kisi. In Trukana or Garissa campus. Those are political moves, man. You can't have depth that way. You, you just can't. spend yourself. You cannot. You see, let me tell Students you. Students are being taught by people who are not with the experience because how many professors do we have? Oh, my goodness. You've yeah. hit the nail on the head. So, technology, 
fundamentally mm-hmm. yes. is a talent aggregation game. Yeah. Concentration and aggregation of talent. So that's why... And I, we follow it. Tell you what. Mm. Um, if I had there was a campus in Evasha that had the most brilliant students in this country... You go chase it down. I will open up shop in Evasha. This is good. So check this out. So yesterday I was at... That is how you build your Silicon Valley. That's, that's how you do it. Yesterday I was at an event where Andela was... People from Andela were speaking at iHealth. Right. And I, I was in that room. And I'm looking around at the quality of talent that we have. And I got to tell you, man... We've got people. We've got amazing young talent, dude. And, and, and Andela has done a great job in terms of aggregating that and surfacing right. it and le- up-leveling it. Yeah. Um, but it's not the entire story, right? Yeah. Um, Dude, I, we could go on for days. It's, because so is one. <laughs> we could go on for days. So, audience, for those of you who love this type of stuff, enjoy the podcast. For those of you who struggle with it, hey, man, it's, it's not for everybody, right? Yeah. This is a long one, yeah. but I guess final questions for you in terms of Vision 2030. I always ask people, you know, where do you see us being as an ecosystem in 2030? What's possible? Uh, I think what's possible, if you ask me for us, what's possible would be, I always, I always pick up on the Israeli model. If this country can, we can just focus on that. I think and what is that? Would be for us to have, one of the things that Kenya has, Kenya has probably some of the best manpower globally. Speak closer to the mic. Oh, sorry, I'm saying Kenya has some of the best manpower globally. Talent. Talent. Um, I've never doubted our people. Yes. We have... I mean, we've managed to build a farm ourselves, which at various times has been able to compete against the best of the best, and won business from them. Right. And what has taught me is that we can do anything anyone else can, can do. So what we just need to do is that our, we just aim for a higher place. Let's not be just content as I was telling you with maybe these little, little, little functions. Let's aim to do, to, to actually have one of the best core technology regions globally and we do have even a lead in some areas like for instance our innovations around this M-Pesa, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, ecosystem right mm-hmm. we take it for granted it's mass it's huge but dude. it's killer but 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 what people have actually been able to build off this Mpesa ecosystem if you are to continue doing the same thing and be more aggressive on it I mean 10 years time we find Kenya will be the leading mobile platform globally listen for me this is this for me this is what i believe man like we are sitting on a threshold moment but we need to recognize it and and orchestrate it and and, and focus, focus channel it. our talent yes and we, we this the future is not called the past man and if we can understand what that is and that's what for me i'm so excited about yeah. people like yourself and all the other people in the ecosystem and what's happening of course we need to start posting success Right. Yeah. We need to start. We need to start rebuilding it out. And yeah. so, I mean, the way I see it, man, is like, dude, yeah. I mean, we need to build great. We companies. can do this. This yeah. country is 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 good. It's yeah. Really, really good people. We just need to channel them. Um, let people learn from our experiences, our mistakes, our successes. Um, because we we I think we came off a generation that didn't have people locally that would aspire, who would be able to guide us easy. As I said, if you look at my journey, it has always been like kind of... Self-discovery. Self-discovery, right? Um, the new generation, you have that advantage now that there are people who can guide you along. Right. Um, personally, I'm always free to you know, right. guide young right. people. Right. So... And you're on our board, so advisory board. Anytime, right. man. Yeah. Um, so 
I'm also glad, you see, again, we're getting people like yourselves from the other side of the world coming back to Kenya now and saying, you know, probably it's time that we also Uganda, because you guys are also giving us a kind of different experience that we are not, we don't have. So I might, for instance, have a lot of technical experience on how to build products in the local market. What you guys, I think, bring to us is how to, for instance, maybe scale up. Commercialize it. Commercialize. Build companies around those things. Build companies around our little innovations. Yes. So the fact that you guys are coming back here, it tells you there's something going on. Yo, man. So let's see, five years, man. Let's continue our conversations and make something Something happen. interesting will happen. We'll be happy. Awesome. Yep. And that will close. And Cheers. thanks for coming through. Cheers. And we'll, we'll, we'll have to bring you back for another one. Always available. We can talk about the war stories. There are war stories to be told. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome. Cheers.